Welcome to episode number five of the Truth and Dare podcast. Today, we're talking about our fears and fraudy feelings. We'll jam on why we're feeling this way, what we plan to do about it, and how we can help others in the same situation. Remember, you can find show notes, blog posts, and so much more at truthanddaremovement.com. Welcome to Truth and Dare, a podcast dedicated to female empowerment through living our truth and daring to change. Hi, I'm Carly Talbot. And I'm Allie Van Fossen. Okay, everyone, welcome back to the podcast and to our community. Like Carly said, today we're jamming on fears and fraudy feelings, and this topic completely came up because we are feeling it hardcore in our own personal lives together as we're creating this community, and we thought, what better way to chat about it and feel like we can have a therapy session with you guys? Um, So today we're going to jam about all of that, and we're going to get pretty intimate and personal, and we're really excited. Hell yeah. So, all right. Why are we here, Carly? (laughs) There's probably like a hundred things we could say about why we're here. So we're going to try and keep it at a minimum. We'll do our best. Um, I think the whole thing started, or what started this conversation was the Women's March. And I'm going to let Carly take this one because I know she needs to Uh, jam out about it. I'm just like, okay, so – uh, ever since this election, like so many of you, I've just been totally confused and distraught and just sad. I basically feel like I go through all seven stages of grief, like every single day, trying to wrap my head around what's happening in the world. And so when this Women's March in Washington came up, I was like, wow, that's so sick. Like, I really want to go, even though I'm living like all the way up in Maine. Um, and I even thought about like driving to DC, honestly, because my, I have a friend, a few friends that are, that are down there. And then, um, you know, life got in the way. Um, and, and then I, these like sister marches started popping up all over the country. And my aunt, who lives in Boston, which is only a five hour drive. Um, texted me and was like, come with, come to the Boston March with me. And originally I was like, oh, fuck yeah. Like, that's awesome. I'm going to go to the Boston March. That's great. Well, that was like on a Monday and we all know how much things can change in five days. And I, I don't know what it was. Like, I think I was just, I had just gotten back from Florida. I had shit going on at work and I just was like, I don't feel like driving. I don't feel like driving. I'm lazy. It's five hours. Oh, I have to sit in the car. <laughs> oh, my God. And so I just was like, I'm going to make all these other ex- things an excuse and not go. And, like, I didn't go. And then the day came when everybody was marching and, like, my social media was exploding. And obviously the outpour was just like nothing we any of us could have ever imagined. It was millions. I think I read that five million women marched um that day. Yeah, you're you're right. And I think they said it's the largest peaceful protest that's ever happened. 
in yeah. history. Is that, isn't yeah, that right? Like in the history of the United States. And like, I wasn't there. And I, so I had this like serious FOMO issue, fear of missing out. And then on top of it, I felt like a fraud because I was like, this is everything that I believe in. Like every social issue that I believe in politically and everything that's been upsetting me for all of these weeks and months. And I, I just felt like, oh my God, who am I to even like stand up anymore if I couldn't even get my ass to the march? And I was just like so torn up. And I've basically just been feeling like this feminist fraud ever since last weekend. <laughs> so that's where I'm at. But I should say that I'm so happy for this turnout and it's just like incredible to see. So I'm trying to turn it around and see it as all these women who marched and me being there in spirit, knowing that there is a movement and being really proud of that. So that's how I'm feeling. <laughs> I think that's <laughs> I do a little bit better. I do. Yes. Good. So I had similar thoughts and feelings about the Women's March and went all through all the same steps that Carly went through of, I should go. I'm not going to go. I've been in a hotel for six days. I don't want to go. And I went through the exact same process as her. And we both were just really upset and disappointed in our lack of efforts. But let's remember, it's not about Carly and I. It's about the greater collective. And so when we can spin it and really, you know, recognize it for what it is, I think it's the most beautiful, powerful movement that's happened in Carly and I's lifetime. Um, and how amazing that we were alive to witness it. And we will definitely march if there's another one of those bad boys, as well as uh, follow up with the women's march is doing, isn't it 10 actions yeah, in 100 days? That's Carly? exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. So we'll link to it in the show notes. And also just our website so you know how you can help out if you weren't able to march either. So moving on, and I'll kind of get into some of my fraudy feelings. Um, you know, if you do know me and you know that I work and am the creator behind the Journey Junkie, I just want to say that fraudy feelings in that community have come up for me and still come up for me almost every other month. So anytime a new idea comes up or I'm leaning into the discomfort of starting something that I'm unsure of, all these emotions flood my brain. Who are you to think you can try that technology? Who are you to try and teach that yoga posture? Who are you to explain the chakra system? Who are you to XYZ? And I will go down the rabbit hole of basically bitching myself out with all these who are yous and you're, you're not knowledgeable enough, Allie. How dare you try and present the information? And that is where I think a lot of people land when they want to lean into the discomfort and follow their passions. They become super fearful of how to present the information without looking like a fraud, right? But the thing is, you've got to teach what you know. And that's what I was taught in yoga teacher training. And that's what me and Carly are doing here. We're not trying to, I'm not trying to break down the anatomy of a posture muscle by muscle, bone by bone, because I have not studied the anatomy of the body. 
at all, really. Like I, I know the basic principles, but I'm not nearly as educated as a lot of other yoga teachers. So I don't teach that. I teach the cueing of the breath, the stacking of the joints, the sensation you should be feeling from the interior to the exterior. And I focus on things that I can truly communicate. And when I remember to do that, I'm like, oh yeah, I do have something to offer. I can help people. And then I can consistently grow in the background so that I can eventually, yeah, talk about all the muscles that are being activated and, you know, what's happening on your, with your internal organs and all, all that beautiful jazz. But I think for me in this journey junkie community and being a yoga teacher, that's where I get fraudy feelings all the Mm, time. Yeah. I mean, that was beautiful. I think your ability to sort of like stick to teaching what you know is so powerful because it allows you to just remember like, holy shit, I do know a lot and sort of snap you out of that. Um, But the way you feel about the journey junkie is sort of also how I've been feeling about starting this podcast. I think it's more of like a fear than a fraud or maybe it's a little bit of both but it's just scary to put yourself out there in this capacity the whole reason we're doing truth and dare is to start these conversations that we feel like matter so while I know I'm talking about something that's important I think it's going to help a lot of people sometimes I just have this little voice in my head that's like is there a place for someone like you in this community. Like this is an oversaturated community. There's so many people who are already doing it. There's no room for me to do it. They're going to do it way better than I could ever do it. I don't know enough. I'm just sitting here spewing out shit onto a microphone. Like I'm a newbie. Who am I? You know, who am I to give anybody any advice? And it's crazy how you you can just attack yourself in that way. It's like exactly what you said, bitching yourself out. And it's so true. Um, and it gets a little bit scary to to do that. But I think it goes back to exactly what you said, sticking to what you know. And that's what we're trying to do here. Uh, like Ali with yoga, I'm not a licensed psychologist or a therapist. Um but I do practice these tools and this is my hobby and these things are my passion. And this is the thing that makes me feel the most alive. And I know that when you get that little like butterfly feeling in your gut about something and you don't follow through with it, it's just an injustice to the world to not try to pursue the thing that makes you feel your best, even if it's just a little creative outlet like this. So I think it's about just like, we're both scared and it's just about like always trying to snap out of it and like jump on the other side of the fence and not stay stuck in the fear. But it it is kind of hard. Yeah, it is really hard. No one teaches you this shit. You don't go to college for it. There's no courses in school on it about how to lean into the discomforts and face your fears. It's just not something we generally speak about. And I know Carly and I were raised by wonderful parents who taught us courage and confidence and work ethic and strength and also compassion. But at the same time, you know, our parents both are, you know, lived really traditional paths. And so Carly and I are kind of carving out, we're not kind of, we are carving out new paths for us to lean into our passions 
and something we think we can create a really cool movement around. And so that's hard work. And whether you're leaning into a podcast or a food blog or creating an Etsy shop or starting something in your community that has nothing to do with the online world, it's really scary to take your precious time and invest it into something else um, that no one's telling you to do. Like you're not getting a paycheck for it. Uh, you're no one's really recognizing you for it until, of course, you become successful at it. So it's we know it's hard work. We're in it with you. We feel it. Um, we feel it like from our toes all the way up to our nose. So totally, yeah. and like, um, just exactly what you said about how um, nobody teaches you this thing is so non traditional. I mean, even if you're not um, tapping into a kind of a world like this, anything that you do uh, for on your own, any entrepreneurial adventure um, is going to make people question you. And so you're going to question yourself. And I think I was listening to, I don't know if it was one of my audiobooks or a podcast or what, but I remember uh, the person saying, when you take on a risk, um, and do and do something on your own. Everybody thinks you're batshit crazy until you're successful at it, and then all of a sudden you're a brilliant genius. So there's like this: what happens between batshit crazy, you're ruining your life, you'll never succeed, to oh my god, you're a brilliant genius, like you're. I wish I could do what you're doing. So there's there's all that space in between those two things. And that's what we're filling in. That's a scary place. That's like the high, the low. Like, I can do this. I'm killing it. I'm never going to do this. I'm back up. I'm back down. And so it's like navigating that bridge between those places. You know, it is a marathon, not a sprint, you know? Mm-hmm. Definitely. And I think you told me you heard that in your audiobook. Yes, you are a yes. badass. Okay. Thank right? you for the reminder. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then similarly, I was talking about the episode with Travis Barker on the Rich Roll podcast where he was saying the same exact thing about how as a drummer, he just fully threw himself into it and went like super zoned in, put his blinders on. All he did was drum all day long. And he... Gosh, I mean, God, we're like getting off topic, but I just have to say this, you know, before Blink-182 ever existed, he was a garbage man in California just so he could play in a band and had no car, was on a skateboard, ate at shelter homes for food. I mean, because he just wanted to drum. And that is the kind of batshit crazy we're talking about. Now, we're not saying like you need to quit your job and become a garbage, you know, work for the city. But the thing is... The sacrifices you're going to make while leaning into the fears and discomforts are going to be very weird for the external world and only normal for the people who are really in it with you. So for me, example, Myers and I film, Myers is my husband, we film yoga videos every weekend because it's our only time where the sunlight is out because we both work Monday through Friday. And almost every weekend we are booked filming. And a lot of my friends and family just don't get why we spend every weekend filming. You know, what, what, what's the return on investment? What are you getting out of it? And only he and I can really understand it because we've seen the community blossom and grow. And we're seeing that, you know, the fruits of our labor start to shine. Um, 
One other thing I want to talk about, because Carly mentioned it, how you have the beginning and the end, but we're in the middle. Dr. Brene Brown in a podcast she did, I think it was with Being Boss, yeah, um, talks about how every movie, every Pixar movie you ever watch, or like even Law and Order, right? They open with the scene and some big event just went, just happened, right? So they set the whole tone of the episode or movie. And then the entire middle of the, of the movie or episode is that person working to solve the problem, whether it's like going to find their princess or solving a murder case. The whole middle section is that part that is the really gray, scary, what are we doing? How are we going to figure it out part? And then the very, very like last 15 minutes, sometimes 10 minutes is the icing on the cake. It's the fruits of the labor. And so we are in that same scenario right here, right now with everything we do, this podcast, journey junkie, relationships, you know, family, everything is in that plot. Wow, I love that. And like, what better way to think about your life than a Pixar movie? (laughs) Mm -hmm. No, that's such a good analogy Mm -hmm. though. Um, I think that's a really good point. I think one other thing I want to talk about because it's really important for me and I, I need to get it off my chest. So some of the fraudy feelings I have, and I know Carly will speak to it too, is that I've been living here in St. Petersburg, Florida for going on the fourth year. And I got really serious about Journey Junkie when I moved here. And because of that, I have really failed to put a lot of roots down here. And this community is really the most badass, growing, buzzing, energetic place I have ever lived. And to be kind of on the outside of the energy vortex that's going on, makes me feel super fraudy, especially as a yoga teacher, because the yoga community is so strong here. And so sometimes I will literally talk myself out of going to a community event because I say, all these people go every week or month. I'm going to be so alone showing up by myself. They already have this connection formed. Who am I to walk into it? It's going to be awkward, blah, blah, blah. And I totally talk myself out of going to things because I feel that I haven't put the roots down and I don't, I don't want to break into it right now. Yeah. And yeah. So I have some fear and fraudy feelings around my community as just a regular individual and then also as a yoga teacher. Yeah. Totally. I feel the exact same way as you do. I've been living up here in Bar Harbor for almost two years and this place is so cool. Like there is this crazy sense of like a local, really local driven vibe, really passionate people, like nothing I've ever seen or lived in in my life. And I do exactly what Ali does. I talk myself out of going to classes and going to events because I'm like, I'm going to be the only person there. Nobody knows me. Um, They've all been going to these things. They're all from here. And it it blocks me from making those connections and it sucks. And even last night, which is so crazy that we're talking about this, but my boyfriend, Mike, went got invited to go out to dinner with some guys that he works with. It was one of the guy's birthdays and they brought their girlfriends. And like, I just like wasn't feeling 100% at work yesterday. And of course, like what, and let me think of a million other excuses why I said I didn't want to go, but I guess you can guess that I didn't go. 
And it's really, I mean, really, I think subconsciously it's because I'm not close with these guys' girlfriends and I haven't like put myself out there to forge these relationships. And when Mike got back, you know, he even said like that I haven't put in the effort to build that bridge with the people that he knows. And at first I got defensive, but then I realized like he's a hundred percent right about that. And like, I expect him now this is going to turn into a relationship thing. Sorry, but I expect him to do all this (laughs) shit with my girlfriends from, from college, including Allie, like all my friends got married this year and I, I'm made him be included and whatever. I'm going on a tangent about this, but the point is that like, I didn't put myself out there to receive the relationships in the community and to build that. And I cling to so often the friendships and the community that I built in my early 20s instead of clinging to that, but then also clinging to the possibility and the creation of a new one. And so I really, I totally get where you're coming from. That was a good way to wrap it up because, yeah, we have a really strong sisterhood from college and it's easy to cling to that and not lean into the discomfort of meeting new people and putting roots down. So I'm assuming that so many of you guys out there probably feel the same way or have experienced these same emotions, You know, whether it's community, friends, leaning into new experiences, trying something completely out of the box, relationships, what have you. We're human beings having a human experience, and I am positive that we're all having a similar experience. So number one, thank you guys for letting us jam out about that. I know this episode was a little bit all over the place, but it was cathartic for Carly and I to just kind of get some of those fraudy, fearful feelings off our chest. However, we're not just going to leave you empty-handed, so we would like to give a few tips and tricks to face your fears and your fraudy feelings, and I will jump right into it. So Liz Gilbert, I obviously keep talking about her, but her book, Big Magic, she has a huge section on fear and how fear is a valid emotion. It's not something we can break up with. It's part of our makeup. However, we cannot allow fear to be the driving force or emotion. She likens it to you're driving in a car and fear needs to sit in the back seat. It can't even sit in the passenger seat and give you, you know, be the the second driver or whatever. What is that term? Backseat driver. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That one. Like passenger? So I don't know. <laughs> she has this whole I- ideology about You can't get rid of fear, but you have to learn how to cope with it. So number one, getting really comfortable with the idea that fear is not going anywhere. Fraudy feelings aren't going anywhere. And we have to, you know, become comfortable with it. And so how you do that is for every fear or fraudy feeling you have, you got to face it. You have to recognize what the emotion is that's coming up. And then I like to identify the opposite emotion, right? So like I talked about with yoga teaching. And so my fear is that I can't correctly explain the anatomy of this posture that I'm teaching. So, oh shit, I shouldn't teach it. That's my fear speaking. And then the opposite emotion is recognizing that, no, Allie, you do have something to offer. You can explain it in a different format that will will connect with people. And also 
once you get the opposite emotion, then recognizing how you can further yourself so that one day you can truly really hone down into the original fear, right? For me, it would be, okay, let's go take a yoga anatomy, a workshop. Let me dive into a yoga anatomy book. Maybe I take on a second teacher training course. Maybe I take a private lesson with a really well-known yoga teacher in my community who jams on anatomy. So that's what I recommend you do. It's really um, cathartic, therapeutic to do this in a journal, in a writing format. Yes, you can speak it out loud, but I recommend you write that shit down. So just to review, you write your fears and fraudy feelings. You can almost make this a table. Right next to it, you write the opposite emotion. And then right next to that, you follow, you write the follow up action to help you, you know, gain confidence with your fear and then continue on your path. So not recoiling and doing what Carly and I have done many times over with our community, but instead taking baby steps to face it and move into it and lean into it and be the best version of yourself. That's so awesome. And just so you guys know, we'll link to that journaling exercise. Um, as well as maybe a couple other ideas to journal out the fear in our show notes. So make sure you check that out. And then um, another technique that is so powerful in busting through fear is called EFT. Um, it stands for Emotional Freedom Technique, but it's better known in this com- the wellness world as tapping. Um, I don't know if I've talked about this on the podcast, but so – it's really powerful, but you you have to be open to it because it's a little wacky. Essentially, what you're doing is you're combining acupuncture with psychology. Um, you utilize your body's meridian points by stimulating them through tapping with them on your fingers. So the meridian points are um, the side of your hand, uh, like where your pinky is, and then the top of your head the eyebrow, the side eye, kind of where your temple is, underneath the eye, underneath the nose, um, the chin and the the chest, and then underneath the arm. And so what you do is you basically select a fear or some, you know, let's go with a fear for this. You select a fear that's sort of causing you stress or anxiety and you define what it is. So whether that's I'm not building a community or I'm feeling like a fraud because I'm not practicing what I preach, whatever it is, you define the fear that's controlling your thoughts and you rate the fear on a scale of one to 10, 10 being like, I'm scared shitless and one being like, eh, I don't really feel anything. So then you basically work through tapping on those points that I mentioned um, and go through a sort of a cycle of repeating the fear, talking about the fear and why it scares you, and then moving it from a negative statement to a positive statement. And you start to recite these affirmations of love. And what it does is it it enables your um, stress responder to sort of become a level playing field. So all of our stresses live inside of our amygdala. You know, that's like the fight or flight part of our brain. And when you tap on these meridian points while you expose this fear at the same time, while you talk about it and you tap about it, it sends a message to your amygdala that you are calm 
And then your amygdala can recognize that you are safe. And it has this ability to transform the way your brain interprets the fear and can bring you to a balanced state. And it sounds crazy, but you just work your way through the meridians by reciting these mantras. And you do this for a couple of minutes. And by the end of it, you um, you rate where you're at again from a scale of one to 10. But it's such a calming experience. And it's really powerful um, when you're trying to get through something. And I'll give you guys like a very detailed breakdown of what I just tried to explain. Um Maybe even a video would be helpful, but this is something that you can do just for a couple of minutes for any situation to really break through your barriers. And I was doing awesome. it as you were talking about each body part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And cool. We will definitely at some point offer up a video, maybe not right away, but you guys will know when the video is live and ready to guide you through that really epic process. So we've jammed a lot today. We've talked a lot about fears, fratty feelings. Carly and I really could probably talk all day about this. However, that would truly bore you. So uh, don't forget, everything can be found in the show notes. I know we talked about a lot. We referenced a lot. Don't ever forget, all your show notes live there. And I'll let Carly wrap this, this baby up. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for letting us rant. I know we said um, this was just something we needed to get off our chest, especially as we're launching into the whole truth and dare world. And so we really appreciate you giving us the space to do that. Um, I just want to remind you guys that when we lean toward our fear, we're limiting ourselves from the infinite possibilities that are our lives. And when you feel the fear has the grip on you, you have the power to step away from it. This is something that we're trying to remind ourselves with this episode that we can acknowledge it and then we can step away from it and regain the control. And the more that we start to see our fears as these assignments for growth, um, the faster we're going to be able to use them to transform our lives. So I think let's all try to just switch the perception of the fear so that we can you know, change the way we view our lives. I dig that girlfriend. It's almost, I imagine myself in a canoe whenever I talk about leaning into the discomfort or the fear and you're leaning over too much and you might fall in the water. And that's the visual that comes up for me every time. I don't know why, but. (laughs) Oh, that's so good. It's kind of true though, because then if you, as soon as you like lean the other way, Mm -hmm. you can balance out the boat. Right. And then you're like, you have your energy leveled again and you're not mm-hmm. on that one extreme exactly. or the other. So maybe we just need to be in the boat. The point of all of this. <sighs> all right, babes. Thank you so much for tuning in. Like we said, it's a pleasure. It's an honor that we can speak to you on this platform. We really hope that our authenticity and truth is shining through and that you're feeling that we're here. We're in it together. We want to connect with you. We want to raise the vibration. We want to open the conversation channel and again, live our truth and dare to change. As always, all the tools, resources, and show notes are online at truthanddaremovement.com. This is also where you can sign up for our weekly newsletter and get a really bitchin' intro kit from us that has all this awesome stuff. And then follow us on social media at truthanddaremovement.com. 
we will see you next week. Bye. Bye.